Welcome to episode 39 of the Horror Dads podcast. This is a extremely exciting and uh, fun one. We're joined by our brand new friend, Mateo Baldessare, who uh, is hailing from Mexico. Mateo, welcome to the show, man. We're so glad to have you. What's up, man? Hey, guys. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Uh, thank you so much for having me. Oh, dude. Oh, we're so, so excited to have you on, buddy. Honestly, um, so a couple quick things. Firstly, Mateo's a director... Uh, an artist, graphic designer. He he claims he's a uh, master of none, um, kind of servant of all sort of, of talent. But like, honestly, based off of what Jamie and I have interacted with on his work, he's just incredibly talented basically at everything he touches. So um, you guys are in for a treat. And it's going to be a fun one. And not only that, but he's one of the nicest down to earth, humble guys that you will ever speak with. And you're <laughs> that's going to come across on this episode. Uh, you guys will fall in love with him like John and I did. Yep. That's so, okay, guys. Thank you. Oh, Mateo's in the room. We forgot. Oh, God, yeah. you're on here. Shit. Jesus. And we're talking about him <laughs> like he's not here. Um, all right. So two things. Firstly, we've volleyed back and forth on having people participate in our introduction and not participate on our in our introduction. But uh mateo is grac- graciously uh accepted on participating on the intro because he's listened to the show a bunch and he kind of knows the format so uh we're going to hit our our standard introductory stuff but before we do that uh two things we want to cover the episode theme on what we're going to cover and secondly uh we're going to talk a little bit about how we came to know each other so firstly jamie what are we going to talk about today like what's our theme here so Mateo came, he presented us with, when we asked him to be on the show, he was like, yeah, I listened to the show and, um, oh, if you want me to be on, I, I might have an idea. And then he gave us two amazing ideas. Uh, and the one that we settled on was <clears throat> horror movies based off of shorts, Yeah, short films that we, we have a good spread here. And, um, the whole concept of like short films that inspired, uh, feature lengths, it, it's been really cool to do research and and investigate and um and and mateo's a very accomplished uh short filmmaker too uh which we're going to talk about here uh in a little bit which is really really neat yeah and it was something that we've never explored and it was so fun to i guess we could cover this later but i was just going to say it was so fun to like watch the short and then see that scene from the short be recreated in the film you know it's like yeah. oh yeah no I, I i know that yeah yeah exactly and uh, it's just, it, this was a real treat to do, and we thank you, Mateo, for coming up with the idea. Thank you, guys. I'm looking forward to, to talk about all of that. So, Mateo, do you want to tell the story a little bit about how we kind of found each other and came to be uh, talking to one another and doing a podcast together, I guess? Uh, so, yeah. Um, well, I've discovered the podcast through Matt Ryan Tobin, which is a uh, an illustrator, and I didn't know at the time that it was a singer and musician, and that you have it, uh, you have him as a guest, and he posted that he would be on the podcast. So that's how I found you, and I've been listening ever since. Yeah, it's amazing. That is amazing. And when we talked to you, when we heard that, we were just like, we were blown away by the fact that. A, I guess the internet works that way, and and B, like um, Matt Tobin was such a a dream guest of ours, and uh, we actually uh, corresponded with him this morning, um, and he's just become a kind of a buddy of ours, and he's a a great dude and a really 
talented uh, uh, illustrator and graphic designer, and as are you. And it's, it's just great. Yeah, it's just it's so cool that this community is just continues to kind of like have a a pulse like this and and create these kinds of relationships. So it's it's super exciting. So absolutely, man. So let's uh, uh, if you're new to the show, uh, we always do kind of an introduction. We cover stuff we 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 catch up on um what we've been watching what we're wearing what we've been doing sort of deal so um so we're going to do that here with mateo and then we'll we'll get into our our interview with mateo and then cover some uh some films that are relevant to our theme here of of uh short horror films that have inspired uh feature lengths but um yeah let's do it so let's talk about what we've been watching though so jamie you want to start man what you've been watching yeah so all right so i watched this movie from it's from, I think it's 2012. Yeah, 2012. It's called The Bay. Um, it's directed by Barry Levinson, who directed Rain Man. Fucking Rain Man. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, so this movie is... Uh, he directed this movie you never heard of. It's called The Godfather. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, all right. So this movie is... I, I told you about this briefly, John. It reminds me sort of like, I know what you did last summer, but from the perspective of like someone else... Who, like, has no idea who these fucking people are, right? Because it takes place on uh, the 4th of July. It's this guy named, like, I'm Gary Hungerford. I live uh, up the block of this guy's been running around a slicker. <laughs> yeah, this fucking slicker guy. Um, making the parade very dangerous. Yeah. Uh, but it takes place on the Chesapeake Bay. Uh, and the town is very much, like, I mean, it is fucking, I know what you did last summer, you know what I mean? It's. I think this is more up north, but the feel is the exact same. And it takes place on the 4th of July. Uh, so there's like a town thing going on, but everybody's kind of worried. So the thing about this town is it has a chicken factory and you find out that they've been dumping the chicken shit into the bay. Uh, that's like pumped with all these fucking hormones and it kind of, uh, the parasites that are already in the water, like the micro microbial parasites. Hey, dude, there's an episode of X-Files about this. Yeah. These things are now getting fucking pumped up to where like they can eat a human and that's essentially what starts happening. Um, and it gets into the water supply. So everybody in the town is like the ER is just fucking inundated with these patients. They're just like, Oh, what's going on with me? Skin's all fucked up. Uh, the effects are amazing and it's so unsettling and it comes, it's, it's not found footage. Like I think a lot of people thought it was, it's more of a, this would have been perfect for the Nathan Basil episode. It's more of like a documentary style. Sure. Um, sure, sure. You know, there's like one remaining survivor who was like the uh, the newscaster and she's telling the story and you're watching it unfold and it's just fucking horrific. And it's uh, but the setting is beautiful, you know, so it's sure. it's, it's just one of those movies that I, I went into very unexpected. I just watched it a couple weeks ago um, and I was so surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Uh, the story itself is amazing. And the effects and just like watching it unfold and these parasites fucking just eat people from the inside out is fucking horrific, man. Cool. Very good. Mateo, what have you been watching, man? That sounds interesting. Interesting. Uh, you recommended the, the movie. Mm. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. Uh, it's called The Bay from 2012. The and it Bay. was uh, it's streaming on... Fuck, I don't even remember anymore. I, I have so many of these yeah, streaming cards. It's a cute track. <clears throat> but it's streaming somewhere for free. I'll look it up. 
Um, well, I've watched uh, recently a movie called His House. I don't know if you watch it. It's on Netflix. Um, huh. It's th this movie about a, a refugee couple that escapes from, I think it's South Sudan. And oh, they move into England. Yeah, England, yeah. Oh yeah, my and wife my wife has been hounding me to watch this. Yep. It is a fantastic <laughs> film. It's uh the first film by I think it's called uh I don't know how to pronounce it, but Remy or Remy uh Weeks. And it's his first feature film and it's amazing. It's wonderful and unique and it has such a a backstory and profound political issues behind it that it's a it's a beautiful beautiful film and terrifying <laughs> at many points so they have like a, a witch that's haunting them from their past they're escaping from uh something else that's um like uh you, you would say like um sin of theirs uh, back in South Sudan and it puts you in a place that you can't judge it it, it doesn't take like uh, a side um, from a point of view so you get to experience all of that pain and all of the the struggle from the the cultural and political uh, conflict that they come from from South Sudan and how they get into this new place and everything starts to fall apart and the house they're in they're trapped they're trapped because they can't uh, leave the house because of they would lose um, the protection from 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 England they would be kicked out of of the country so that's a very interesting uh, film and I highly recommend it yeah, it sounds like super heavy and <laughs> yeah, it does. politically relevant and poignant and yeah, that's super cool. I I've not seen that. Jamie's not, but we'll we'll definitely uh, we should check them out. Yeah, work check that in the rotation for sure. Yeah, one hundred percent. I have like I've been like... watching the the third season of Twin Peaks. Okay, um, oh I was gonna God, say I yeah. have some like really limp like useless bullshit I've been watching that I feel like bad yeah. even mentioning after you mentioned that like. <laughs> right <laughs> like very like thoughtful thoughtful film but what do you think of the third uh third it's, season it's pretty weeks? fucking nuts isn't it mateo yeah i'm i think i'm two episodes in yeah and i just don't understand anything no i'm gonna I tell you right very, now you're gonna very get... disappointed about how the second season turned out and i read about that it was supposed to be three seasons at that time and just it was all over the place and but i really really loved the first season that's i think it's so it's just so delightful and <laughs> one of the best yeah. seasons of tv in my opinion man it's yeah. so good and i'm sorry to say but you're probably gonna we're gonna talk again in a, a couple of weeks and you're gonna be still sad because uh, from episode two to episode eight or however many there are in season three you're you're, you're not going to get a lot of... I need to rewatch it, but I, I will say that I liked the third season a lot better than the second one. It certainly is better than the yeah. second, yeah, but... I've never liked the second one uh, 
it, Fire Walk With Me, the movie. Have you ever seen that, Mateo? Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about that? It's the same. Very similar to the second second season. season. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly (laughs) right. Um, It's one of those, like, I'll I'll rewatch and I always want to love it. You know, it's like, no, I just want to love you. And I just like, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's exactly how I feel. And then I go and I put the first season on. I loved so much the first season. I I loved uh, the the characters and, and the story world and just the mystery and intrigue and everything that was crazy. Um, it, it was lightning it just, in a bottle that first season, something that can never be repeated. Uh, but so I've been watching, uh, we actually are going to do, uh, an episode, uh, on our Patreon with our wives, um, on the town that dreaded sundown. Uh, so I actually revisited both the original and the remake Ooh, of those nice. uh, this week. Yeah. Um, they're so, they're both so fucking different. They're right? so different. And I love them both. <laughs> yeah, I honestly do. I know. Like, uh, in their own respect, I, I have a ton to say about both of them, but I guess I'll, I'll save that for Patreon. That first one is very mockumentary style as well. Oh, dude. And it's so, like, for when it came out, like, yeah, that, that movie does not get enough credit. No, I agree. Uh, I don't think either of them do. Um, I remember, uh, before we started our podcast and I I was like, I went through this thing. I think most people who love horror, who haven't found a podcast that they like a podcast home yet, you start, like you go through some, you know, and I found one podcast I was listening to. I have no idea what it was. Uh, cause I went through so many that were just shit to me and I found one and they specifically were talking about these movies (laughs) This movie in particular, the the first Town of Dreaded Sundown, and the guy was like, both of them were like, no, we we hate we hate that movie, and uh, I was like, all right, well, never listen to this again, <laughs> and so it just like went by the wayside. I have no idea what it was. No, and that first one, it's not like I'm I'm gonna say that it, I'm I'm actually gonna do to uh, some people what happened to you and say like this movie is my Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like that first one, like I love that movie came out not the exact same time but like near a same a same time frame but like that one connected enough with like the fun of what we experienced in the 80s and it was like it wasn't yeah. too serious and it was a little self-aware and then the the remake like uh took that torch and they're like okay we're going to almost scream this a little bit and exactly. and be incredibly self-aware yeah. because the first one was already a little self-aware and like I, I don't know. I, I love both those films. They're great in the summertime. Uh, Agreed. I, I would love to see a double feature at, at a drive-in with both those movies. <sighs> and um, so I've been I've been watching them. I watched yeah. both this week multiple times. It's so. funny you say that because the first one, uh, the seventies one, is essentially like Halloween Five of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's like the Halloween five with like the doofy cops, like do 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 do. Yeah, honestly, yeah, it, 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 it is. It's it certainly is. Um, but uh, okay, let's jump to what we've been buying. Jamie, you've been buying anything? Yeah, I have. I bought uh, the Town of Dreaded Sundown. Oh, on Blu-ray because <laughs> so we're doing the Horror Moms episode. So um, I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna buy this. So this was on Tuesday night, right? So Amazon Prime is. Almost always a two day shipping. It's sometimes it's like it'll Some be there by noon the next day. day and yeah. You're like, what the fuck? I don't I don't need it that fast. All right, a drone will drop this off in two hours. Um. So, anyways, I buy this movie on Tuesday night. It was like it was a hefty price for this movie. I bought the sequel. It's eighteen bucks. Eighteen bucks. Yeah. yeah. So I buy it and I was like, all right, I'll have this in time to 
I didn't notice it said it's we're recording tomorrow night with with the moms. So sorry. I didn't notice it said it was coming on Saturday. Yeah. So I was like, oh, fuck. So yeah. then Katie's like, well, I'm going to go watch it with uh, John's wife. And I was like, well, <laughs> no, it's like I but also but, it's on um, Tubi. Yeah, it's on Tubi. Yeah. So it, Maddie, love you, buddy. It's on Tubi. <laughs> so Katie was like, uh, do you want me to cancel the purchase? And I was like, well, no. I mean, I love the movie. I was using this <laughs> as an excuse anyway. So, yeah. But yeah, that's what I bought. Yeah. Uh, Mateo, I, I know we sprung this on you last minute, but anything horror related that you've been buying lately? I haven't, um, but I want to to go to the cinema next week mm. to watch the uh, the second film of the Quiet Place franchise. Yeah, I need to see that. So we're bad. looking to get into that too. We've we've not seen that. Um, there's another uh, sequel installment. To a very prominent franchise, I'm not going to mention yet because it involves my family antic. But mm. um, yeah, dude, l- let us know what you think once you see that because uh, we we really enjoy the first one and we like John Krasinski yeah, a whole lot. So I'm really looking forward to to watch it. The theater is just one of those things with two kids that yeah, just yeah, like, it's hard do. to make yeah. happen. I mean, unless I'm going to watch Peter Rabbit two, which is probably in my future. <laughs> I'm not going to the theater. Um. I actually have been buying a lot, so nice. I have, I have a, a little list here. <laughs> I have Santa's list. I'm gonna run through. Um, Jesus. So I bought. Uh, finally, I know what you did last summer. Uh, loosened up on Blu-ray. What do you mean? You can find it on Blu-ray. Just, just the original. I know what you did last summer for six ninety nine. All right, I'm picking J- up my Jamie's phone. picking up his phone right now. Phone He's right also buying it. Because I think I said something on this podcast a few weeks ago yeah. about how like I can't find this well, fucking thing. Yeah, go ahead. Now that that box set came out, the international one, yeah, it's available. Yeah, okay. So I snagged that. Um, obviously, looking upgrade. That's one of our favorite films. So, uh, so I snagged that. Also, I got this amazing fucking thank you, Jamie, and thank you, my sister, who's married to Jamie, for this beautiful X Files book. Um, that I got for my birthday. Uh, it was on back order, so they they uh, my sister just brought it to me yesterday when she came here to watch the town at dreaded sundown with my wife. Um, and I, I spent too much time flipping through it this morning when I should have been working down here. Um, but it's this really cool, like uh, comprehensive, like X Files journal almost, and it has like uh, if 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 you join our Patreon, I got a, a a Twin Peaks book that is very similar to this, and it has yeah. like. Uh, newspaper clippings and uh, case files and um, write-ups and uh, photographs and like just this whole like it, it looks like a scrapbook that was made by an X-Files nerd that is me uh, like this honestly looks like I made this thing over the course of the past like 35 years <laughs> watching the show yeah uh, it's just it's so cool and it's so fun and i, I just i absolutely adore it so i have that too like if it said it was assembled by camille i would not be shocked oh, because Cam- that's, camille, not that, that's like <laughs> who made that it was like a super fan yeah, exactly you know? that's like what it seems like it's yeah. so cool um and then the other thing too i splurged um our our buddy over at cavity colors uh released this like summer sale and he had these like <laughs> uh he released like a series of like a couple shorts and these like uh, like tie dye shirts, and I I went ham. Yeah. Like I bought a few pairs of shorts and a couple shirts. Oh like I spent God, like what? I spent like 180 bucks I was on. Say, yeah. Jesus. Um, it was was like, that like the Halloween summer? 
Yes. Yeah. Yep. yeah. The, I love that it's design. It's this dude at like a tiki hut. It's yeah. like a skeleton shaking a cocktail. Like, uh, I know. What, am I not going to buy that? So good. Right? That was that was a really good design. Yeah. So yeah. I, I snagged like that whole line. I, I basically you bought like bought. one of each. Yeah, dude. I like I loaded up. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm all set. I'm perfect. Good. Yeah. Um. What What are you wearing right now, Jamie? Oh, dude. Speaking of cavity colors. I have my, well, speaking of Cavity Colors and I Know What You Did Last Summer, I have my uh, Cavity Colors, I Know What You Did Last Summer pocket tee. Yeah, it's got the... Did uh, you buy me this? I did. It's you got did the buy hook, me this. hook coming out. I have the same <laughs> yeah, shirt. of the pocket. Yep. I love that t-shirt. Yeah, oh, dude, it's one of my favorites. Uh, Mateo, uh, what, what, what do you have on, buddy? I have a black t-shirt. That's... Oh, perfect. <laughs> the, the pitch black from horror. <laughs> I love it. Um, no, the horrors just, of your imagination. An old uh, t-shirt of AKA pajama. But <laughs> yeah, I, I don't own that many uh, horror uh, clothes. So that's on that my list. We're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna change that I, for I, you. I, I, I have to, to, to get my horror dot. Uh, t-shirt. Oh, you, you've got one coming, buddy. I, I have my Matt Pepler uh, Woods uh, Woodsboro t-shirt on. Yeah, uh, I, I love not, that one. I've not worn this yet, and I actually realized I didn't do a uh, a mail day on our Patreon for this. You haven't um, worn it yet? Not on the show. Oh. Yeah, I've worn it like a thousand say. times. Yeah. Uh, but it's a white t-shirt. I don't have a ton of these, and it's... Uh, we were talking about that last week with my jaws. Sure. Yeah. Please. I love it. And we love you, Matt Pepler. Matt Pepler. Love you so goddamn much. <laughs> um, all right. Actually, took it, took it I, too far, John. I, well, my t-shirt say? has like, a, uh, I didn't see, notice, notice it until now. It has like a, a word that's black that says nope. And behind it, it's a hold like a di- dialogue from like client requests. Like, <laughs> Change this, or change this logo, or I want a revision, or I, I can, you can the logo be bigger? Or, yeah, like the, the that's that's a horror thing. That's the nightmare of a, any graphic design. I love this. So that, that's what I'm wearing. That dude, there's some actual horror to that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, family stuff. We want to hit that before we jump into our episode. And yeah. Interview, uh, Mateo. Mateo, you want to start here, man? Uh, anything? Sure. Family oriented um, that you want to touch on? I know you say you have some folks in town right now, right? Yeah, I have uh, family here. My sister and niece and my brother-in-law. So um, as a family antique, okay. So my girlfriend found out that on Sundays, uh, there's a flea market a block away from where I live and just we it's been there like uh for for years just I love a good flea market yeah and so we went there and we were surprised with the amount of creepy out of a (laughs) horror movie dolls like (laughs) horrific horrific uh like Annabelle it's just like it's Barbie alongside that those dolls um and there were so many that people were selling and I was actually tempted to, to buy one and to make a short about it that 
that's a little bit uh, oh, that would be overdone. amazing yeah um, there were also a lot of uh, these antique uh, haunted mirrors uh, like the one uh, with in the Oculus movie. Mm-hmm. So oh, that no was shit. my family antique, horror-related. Um, it was interesting. Did you guys buy anything or no? Not for now, but um, it's every Sunday, so I might. <laughs> and there were some uh, pins, uh, some horror movie pins that I have an eye on. I want to buy those. Nice. Uh, What about you, Jamie? Family Uh, antic? Yeah. (coughs) So my family and I, we planted, we did like a little garden. Um, We don't have an actual garden. We just do a lot of peppers and strawberries and tomatoes in pots. Um, But we planted pumpkins. And um, yeah. And like, we can't wait to sit like... The kids are like every day, like, is there a pumpkin yet? They're running out there and uh, like, no, you little dumbass. There's no pumpkin yet. Uh, but yeah, like we can't wait to see yeah. if we get anything, you know, it's so it's pretty exciting and can't That's wait. That's so to, cool. Can't wait to see what. Where'd you put them? Up there. Uh, back there, like in the back of the house uh, where the pack of Sandra was. Where it used to be like near the AC. Yeah. Well, back where, you know that weird, like, gas line that sticks out? I was just about to say, like, is it near the gas line? (laughs) it's right by there, which I spray-painted black now, so it's not, like, a weird, rusty, creepy... And you're like, oh, cool, uh... It's like Chernobyl over here. Uh, also, my concern is that <laughs> the pumpkins, pumpkins will wrap around the, the gas, the gas yeah, line. We'll, we'll right, deal well. with that one when we get there. House blew up, but we have some badass pumpkins. All right, so I alluded to my family antic, actually, uh... In the intro here, but um, our buddy Adrian uh, Chilpa, who's one of our our, our good buddies and followers, um, and he, Patreon member, yes, and Patreon member, we he, love you, Adrian, just so much. Um, much like Matt, so goddamn much, I'll say. Just make it weird again. So fucking much. But we but we love him. So what? What do you say? <laughs> yeah. All right. So either way. So he uh, was texting us last weekend um, about the new Conjuring, right? Yeah. And I, and I made a joke. I was like, I'm traveling this weekend. I'm with my family down in Columbus. We're in a hotel, blah, blah, blah. So it ended up being my niece, who's 13, uh, Brittany, my wife's sister's daughter, uh, who I've always been like super close with, um, amazing kid. Uh, she's always like really gravitated to horror and she stayed with us last summer, like during COVID, um, for a weekend. And she was like, "Hey, like Uncle John, I really, I, I really want to watch a scary movie." And I, I was like texting your dad. I was like, "What? How do you want me to handle this? Like, <laughs> like how scary do you want me to go?" And he was like, "Just do it. Like, watch a movie." Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, like Conjuring, is that okay?" And he was like, "That sounds great." So like we watched the Conjuring, and she was like, "I love this. This was so fun. Like, thank you." Blah blah blah. So the third one just came out, um, yeah. and uh, this past weekend we were all together, and she was actually like scheduled to like go home for the weekend, like after this endeavor we were all together um, on, and she was like, you know what, I'm going to stay with you guys in your hotel for one night. Mm-hmm. So um, my small kids went to bed, uh, and then Brittany, my wife, and I stayed up with my niece, and we watched like The Conjuring Three like all huddled around my laptop um uh all in the same space and like 
uh, Adrian, our buddy, was like texting us about it about it that day. Like, hey, did you guys check this out yet? And I was like, I- I've been wanting to. Like, I've been thinking about it for the past two days because it's uh, been out for a couple days, and it just like it was really cool to have him like ask about that, and then like her be there, and I showed her the original like one year prior, and like we were all in this hotel room everyone's living in discomfort for a couple hours anyway. And like, it just was like this cool, like family moment. And like, we all watched it together. And uh, so we're going to hit a couple plugs here before we jump into our full interview here with you, Mateo. But um, we recently were on a uh, podcast we were invited on to called the horrible dads podcast, uh, which is funny because they reached out to us and they're like, Hey, there's gotta be some synergy here. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, uh, the one, you know, the one co-host ended up being like a huge horror fan. We like, we had a super good time talking to him, um, and great, uh, great just discussion about all things horror and yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. So it, it turned out that their podcast is not horror related, but it turns out that when they were thinking about their initial theme, they thought about possibly being a horror podcast and calling themselves horror bull dads. Yeah, uh, and they, they switched that up, but uh, it's pretty cool. And the uh, the the guy that we talked to loved horror, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and they're brother in laws too, and they live in Chicago, so they're like yeah. some crazy synergy. We had a lot really? in common there. Yeah, yeah. That's a multiverse thing, <laughs> dude. I know. We honestly, when we were talking about it, we were like, "What? This isn't even real." Yeah, we had no idea that uh, the one guy was into horror, and he popped on the Zoom call, and he was wearing his creep show beanie. And we were like, oh, my God. Yeah, what? <laughs> Super cool. Um, so that was a lot of fun. So check out. We'll, we'll publish um, some info on how you can access that episode. Of course. Yeah, when it comes out. Yep. Um, yeah. Also, we're going to be doing a watch through uh, episode on our Patreon with our buddy, um, Two Meter Maniac, uh, Michelle. Michelle. Oh, yeah, Michelle over in Sweden. Oh, my God. I can't wait for that. Indeed. Super rev for that, uh, Michelle. Um, I we're gonna mention you again uh, on a film that we're about to discuss. Um, but super excited uh, for those that don't know. If you join our Patreon at the ten dollar tier, um, you will join us, Jamie and I, for a watch through episode, which you will pick. Um, everyone will get a month that they um, will join us for that episode. So this uh, month happens to be. Uh, Michelle's month and uh, we're, we're solidifying a date in a film uh, for him so we're super super excited about that now this is one of those things where if you if you want to opt out you can yeah you don't you, you don't have to do it but uh, we feel like a lot of people love doing that and um, and we'll just show up at your house if you really opt fun. out and we'll yeah. just wait for you to <laughs> we'll set up the projector in your backyard and no but all kidding aside you don't have to do that but uh, for those that want to participate we're we're super pumped um so Michelle's up, and and I know we've talked to a, a bunch of guys, and and uh, Chris I, and gals we, too. Yeah, guys, guys and gals, and, and uh, Chris, we know you're, you're pumped uh, for your pick. We, we we're 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 fucking excited. So it's gonna be fun. Um, so if you would like to uh, take a look at our Patreon, we've got a five dollar tier and a ten dollar tier. So go ahead and um, check us out at Patreon.com/slash/HorrorDads. Uh, and we also do have a website, horrordads.com. If you would like to buy some merch, you can jump on there and do that. But I think we've talked enough about ourselves. One and- last thing is yes. go to Apple 
if you listen now to us go on. to our podcast and leave a five star review yes perfect <laughs> please what perfect. are you doing <laughs> what are you doing where have you been all right we've where talked enough about ourselves we need to talk about mateo now yeah we need to all right let's get into it so mateo <laughs> yes are you ready buddy all right, Mateo, yes, you ready. are amazing pretty much at everything you do. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how you got into... So what did you start with? Did you start with acting or graphic... Uh, not acting. Um, filmmaking or graphic design? So I actually started with graphic design. I... You know, when when I was a kid... Uh, how do you call them? Cybers? Cyber? Cyber? The, the place where you go... That there's a lot of computers. Cyber, uh, um, like a cyber mall. Yeah, or a cyber cafe. Cyber cafe. Yeah, yeah cyber yeah, cafe. Yeah. Before the time that old uh, people had a computer at their house, so I used to go there, and instead of uh, playing games, I used to download uh, program software. And, and just play around with, with things with, I don't know, Adobe Illustrator or, I don't know, 3D programs. Just, I was, like, really interested in those kind of things. At, at what and, age was this, Mateo? What? At, at what age was this? I think I was, like, 13 okay. years old. <laughs> um, so I did uh, a lot of that, and I started making, like, uh, the logo for... I don't know, my family business and things like that, like things uh, graphic design related to for my family. And I was actually going to study uh, music. Uh, I was going to uh, to pursue a career on that. And before I graduated from high school, I made a short film. I had no idea what was I doing. I just saw like a contest and I was into, I don't know, After Effects, which is this visual effects program. And I made a short film. It made it to, to the finals. And my mom said like, you seem to be really into this stuff. Wouldn't you like to, to study a career uh, about film? So I actually changed my decision and began and I went to film school. So I went to film school and did a bunch of short films and stuff like that. And, but a few years ago, I, I don't know why I, I, I used to make the short, the, the posters for my short films mm -hmm. because I liked uh, uh, graphic design and, I like to play it around with Photoshop. So I, I used to make the, the, the covers and all the, the graphical stuff for, for my shorts. Um, but a few years ago, I started making like the alternative fan art posters of movies that, that I liked or that were coming out. And I started sharing that on online. And that that was a hobby it turned out to be work years later so it wasn't something that i planned actually and so i started making this 
fan art posters. I didn't have any idea of how to draw, how to, to paint something. And at the beginning, I just spent as many hours as you can possibly can trying to, 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 to make something, to, to create something, to emulate something that didn't make your eyes bleed if you look at it. Um, well, what, and, what technology did you use to do this? Like you said you bought one of those uh, drawing pads, right? So yeah, I bought um, like a graphic tablet, like the, the cheapest one, this, the smallest one. Like a Surface and, type deal? Uh, what? Like a Microsoft Surface type thing? No, it was like um, this little black surface that you just draw on. Um, Probably like USB. I think it was like a, the cheapest Wacom, um, and that that comes with a, with a pen that you can draw on and oh, gotcha. like a pressure sensitivity. And so I started playing around with that, and yeah, years later, now it's kind of my thing now. That's amazing. So you went to school for film, right? Yeah. And then discovered that you had an interest in graphic design and illustration and then just kind of taught yourself. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's amazing, man. And also it's amazing that your parents recognized and facilitated your love and passion for film. I feel like a lot of parents always just kind of push their kids in the direction they want them to go despite even maybe seeing and noticing their passion. You're so good with that yeah. pen. You would be a great dental hygienist. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Uh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, I want to do uh, filmmaking, but no, you don't. You want to uh, be a dentist. Yeah, exactly. And no, I think that's really cool that your parents uh, recognized and kind of helped you out with that. And I think Man. it's also kind of funny that you were like, yeah, no, thank you for that. But I, now I want to be an illustrator. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, and yeah, they, they were like very supportive uh, of that. And the cool thing about Argentina is that the college is free, so that oh my makes God, yeah. things so much uh, easier and possible. You have like a lot of limitations because of I don't know budget and all of that kind of stuff. But, sure. Um, you get to 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 learn at least something. So let me ask you: and, This was horror a uh, catalyst for any of these passions? Like, like, did you want to do film because you loved horror, like horror movies, or is horror something that kind of popped in in the middle of your life? Well, I w I would say I'm new to horror, and okay. I'm not at the same time. I I heard here in, on. <laughs> on the podcast that many of your guests have been introduced to horror at a, an, an appropriate young age. And it was the case for me. I remember watching The Shining when I was six years old oh my God. with so my grandfather. Wow. Right. <laughs> and I don't remember much of my childhood, but that film I remember perfectly. <laughs> I feel in like fact, if you I, see something um, like that, I at didn't the age watch of six. it designing again until I was like yeah. 19. <laughs> and I remembered everything. <laughs> um, I but that. aside from that, uh, I didn't watch as, as many movies in general growing up. I, I don't know why. Um, 
but I've always been drawn to horror and scary stuff. But it wasn't until a few years that I started like actively looking for horror films and shows and uh, books about the horror. Yeah. So Speaking guys, of... sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah. What's up? Um, no, I just always wonder. Um, I don't know if you talked about this in another episode, but I wonder if you had, or if you ever had like a horror or a supernatural experience. Oh yourself. shit! No, no one has. No one has ever asked us this. No, no one has. And we we actually had a ghost hunter on our show, and he never really? asked us this. Yeah, yeah, he never asked us this. No paranormal. Wait. Ghost hunter guy, yeah. Jamie, anything? I, I, dude, I, I don't think so. Because I, I feel like if I had, it would be. So like I've had scary moments in my life, but I don't think anything actually supernatural. No. All right. So as a thirty-four-year-old man hmm. who uh, has two kids, sometimes you got to play it tough, right? And it's like, all right. And you're explaining to your kids, like, no, go back to bed. Not, not, nothing's wrong. It's fine, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's cool. So uh, from a familial standpoint, um, I know I've mentioned this on the podcast a couple of times, but, like, I live uh, in the house I grew up in. Um, so my, my parents bought this house in probably it was two, 2000. It was... Um, Maybe like right before nine eleven, um, and we so we've been here a long time. Like the family's owned it, but my my mother ended up passing away. Uh, she had cancer, and there's been one room in the house that like always to me has been like there's some sort of like something in that room, right? And yeah. my oldest daughter said something about it. She's like, "I feel something from that room," and I was like, "Oh, Finley, come on, <laughs> don't be crazy." <laughs> God damn it, I've been thinking the same fucking thing. Right? Like it I didn't say that out loud, but like in my mind I was like, what? Um so I there, it's nothing more than like sometimes the door's shut and I I look at it, I'm like, that I I didn't shut it. I didn't shut that door. I didn't shut it. Um it's nothing more than that, and I feel like maybe some sort of something. Like I I I don't know. It's mostly my brain in my head. Um but yeah, that's like the closest I've had to any kind of anything, I guess. Yeah. How about you, Mateo? Your brain, or maybe not. <laughs> I know. Do you, I, um, I think it's mostly my brain. It's ninety-seven percent yeah. my brain, <laughs> and the other three percent's the cat. That's what it is. When you have cats, a lot yeah. of supernatural shits going down. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, something's <laughs> yeah. pawing at me. Cats are like ghosts that you can see. Yeah, Definitely. that's basically it. <laughs> How did that glass of water get knocked over? <laughs> what about you, man? Um, so I'm very skeptic when it comes to, to ghosts and paranormal stuff. So if someone I, I tells me that too. they have like an appearance yeah. or something like that, just uh, trying to find like the logical explanation sure. of that. Yep. But <laughs> there However. are two occurrences in my life that I just can't rub my head around, just can't explain. Um, one is just strange, just weird. 
and the other is the other is just it just freaks me out um so um one day i was coming from college and at that time i was living with my mom uh in a house that was literally in the middle of the mountain uh, so you have like dirt roads and wild animals and we had like very few neighbors most of the the houses were um holiday houses of people that lived in the city and the rest were just like empty terrains next to my house so there was no one no one there that day my my house had like um front yard about 50 feet long from the entrance before you get to the house um so i came in walking through the front yard i just i just stepping in uh to the the front yard and i hear my mom telling me in spanish of course but something like hi son you're just in time so I hear the voice coming from near the left side of the house, oh, opposite, <laughs> opposite to me. And so I look up and there's no one there. And so I found that like, okay, weird. Uh, so I thought maybe she's around the corner, maybe watering the plants or something. So. I walked up to the corner of the house and she's not there. So I go around the house and I can't find her. So I finally, I enter the house through the back door and there she was. My mom was watching TV and she, lit she literally says uh, that she didn't hear me come in. And she, she, oh I asked her God. and she didn't say anything. And it was, really weird because I, it was like so clear and like when you physically hear and because of the, we have like two years, you can uh, pinpoint like the exact location where the sound is coming from. And but there was no one there and I couldn't, couldn't explain that. That was very strange. Dude. And I mean, that's that. Yeah. Sure. And it's one of those things that it's not like this sinister story where you, you woke up no, and you're no. like, oh, a voice told me to kill everybody. It was like, hey, son, how you doing? It, yeah. That's just, it's terrifying. Oof. And the second one, that, that, that one is, um, so I used to spend the summers at my grandmother's uh, home. And at that time, she was living with my aunt in a very old house. Uh, so my aunt was taking care of her. And one night we go to bed. So there were there were two bedrooms connected by a door. In one, uh, in one of them were my grandmother and my aunt, and in the other, I was I. So. The windows were completely closed and the only exit from my room was through the other room. So where my grandmother and my aunt were. And so f I think 
five minutes top, no more than that, after we got into bed. All the lights are were off, so pitch black. And I'm laying on my side with my head <coughs> pillow with my left ear uh, facing up. And I don't know, I remember I was thinking about the, the lyrics of a funny song that I listened that day, just whatever. And I swear to God, someone or something breathes into my ear. Like, I'm not, not kidding. It's just, I felt it like really, really close. Did it say Almost like, like say me. something or was it just like a presence or was it like a... No, someone exhaled yeah. on my ear. I, I just, oh it was so strong that I felt like the air moving my hair that mm. like an inch away from my ear. That's, um, I, I really freak out every time I talk about it, but I, so I jumped I like I, I, out of bed and <laughs> run to my aunt and my grandmother is so scared and they were like, what the hell, what's, what's going on? So we turn on all the lights and I explain what happened. They, of course, didn't believe me. So we checked the room with the house, nothing. There was nothing. And they sent me back to sleep. Of course, I couldn't sleep in at all until next morning. So that was, oh my God. I mean, that that's was a, intense. That's a, it's like a, a neat thing to, to have. You know, that story. Also, uh, you're clearly cursed. So we'll see you later, Mateo. It's been fun. <laughs> so thanks for having me. <laughs> no, that, yeah. But that, yeah, no, that's dude, really thanks. neat. It, it, you know, what's funny is it's one of those things that other people can explain away. Like, oh, no, we had the fan on. So that just like must have hit your ear or like, you know what I mean? But you're yeah, like, no. And I, I would be in way. the same position, like looking for an explanation that, yeah, maybe like. Um, I don't know, you're, like you said, the fan, it was on and you felt it, but no, this was like, it felt like a man and like a heavy breathing yeah. inside my ear. Like it, it was, Jesus. It, was like, it was physical. It was like, hey, I'm here. I want to know this, my presence. I don't know. It was awful. That's really scary. But the mom one is the one that scares me the most. Like I had chills when you said that. So, but yeah, uh, so Culture, obviously, is a huge uh, aspect of your life. Um, so is there, you know, uh, being from Argentina originally, living in Mexico now, having spent some time in the States, like, how has, I guess, culture influenced um, your approach to cinema? Because uh, I'm sure you, you, you received... Um, content in a different fashion than Jamie and I did, you know, being like white dudes from America and suburbia. Um, like your, your introduction to horror obviously was a shining, uh, where Jamie and I were, were, were a little bit different. So like how, like what, what's been, I guess, um, how has culture influenced your, your consumption of the genre? So I think in a way, um, I consumed like a lot of uh, Hollywood films because there aren't as many 
uh, horror films from uh, or Hispanic horror films. Sure. So the majority of the movies from this genre come, or at least that I, that I have watched, come from uh, the U.S. or or Hollywood. So, um, but um, the, the the thing that I perceive as as an influence is growing up with um, horror stories that are like um, you would say like a creepy pasta that, that is very intrinsic of of my country, yeah, like um, these stories that people tell. Like there is a story about a family member that people with fields living in, in like in the country um, used to pay homage or to how do you say like um, worship um, like a, like yeah there's a some like a, like a demon to to profit or to to do well with with the field or to to be prosper yeah and that they used to feed this uh demon with people so there are a lot of a lot of uh, like stories like this that are very scary that i was very drawn to as a kid and and yeah there are some horror movies like you could say like wreck uh pants labyrinth or the orphanage or i don't know the devil's backbone that these spanish films um that i really loved watching growing up that they're like very unique films and but the things i think now that there aren't as many like original Hispanic horror films. I think there's a tendency now to imitate Hollywood films because they make money, basically. And that's a that's this... a uh, really wild concept, actually. Like if if if, if you stop and think about it, um, because like as self-critical Americans, Jamie and I, we probably look at it. It's like, oh, we wish we had more. Um, you know, s- stop and think. Uh, stop and think horror than just cheap you know oh yeah dime a dozen you know they make a four of these a year kind of smart horror yeah I think call it yeah yeah yeah, for sure so now I think is there's a lot of like ripoffs of uh, Hollywood movies that are being produced instead of this original and great films like I don't know the the skin I live in or uh, the others that was producing in, in Spain. Um, but, you know, it's safer to produce something that worked before and that made money than to create something. Yeah, original. definitely. But let, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about your, your film here. So you made a short film, um, what, last year during the pandemic. Um, called the glitch. Yeah, it was right before the pandemic started. Okay. Uh, so right, right prior to the pandemic, called the glitch, and this was filmed entirely on what, like a Samsung Galaxy or something? Yeah, a Samsung Galaxy 
uh, note 10. <laughs> it's it's unbelievable. You would never know by watching no, this movie. That honest this to God. On a phone. So it was done on a phone. And just tell us about like, uh, well, from from our perspective, for Jamie and I, like as people that have watched this movie a couple times, like it's a, I don't know, roughly what, three minute film. Um, yeah. And it takes place in an apartment complex and there's some tension and the, the sound design is great and it looks amazing. Um, uh, and then you find out after the fact that you've watched it, you're like, oh my God, this was done on a smartphone. What the hell happened here? <laughs> uh, and it looks amazing and it's so well done. Um, so yeah, talk a little bit, a uh, little bit about this, man. So yeah, thank you for that. And yeah, it's crazy what you can make with with a smartphone now. Um, it's been a, like a lot of years uh, that I started making like illustrations and I wanted to make something uh, filmmaking, if you, if you may. So making movies is it's, it's not easy at all. And it takes a lot of people, a lot of resources and but it came to a point for me where I, I just didn't care. I, I needed to make something and that's where the glitch comes from. So with a budget of pure will and nothing else, I challenged <laughs> myself to create a story based only on the resources that I had access to. So as you said, I used my phone to shoot it and the location was this uh, inner patio of this uh, complex apartment where I was living at that time. And I asked my sister if she wanted to be in the film. She's not an actress, but I told her and surprisingly, she said yes. I said surprisingly because she can't even watch a horror film. She's oh. too scared of the slightest scary scene and so i convinced her by telling her that filming a scary scene is, is not scary at all so um the interesting about the about this location and this hallway of the building was that it had a screen where you could see all of the security cameras of the place so i came up with a concept based on on that and I wrote a simple little story of a woman coming home and stumbling upon something that she could only see through the security security cameras. So the tricky part was to design the monster. I remember that we walked around all over downtown trying to find like a scary mask or a something like that uh, but we only found like famous horror monsters sure so glitching michael myers sounded cool but it wasn't the, the idea and and so, so that's basically it just um then we made it a few times and we improved it and that's what it is the the glitch so it's running through some circuits right now, right? Like uh, you've got some. Yeah, it's um, 
So it won recently at a film festival by DirecTV at a national level. And it'll be screening at the Midsummer Stream Halloween Festival in LA in, I think it's Halloween. They, they don't have like a, a specific date yet, but it's going to be around Halloween. <laughs> well, so, all right, let, let's ask this question. Any plans for a feature film for this? Like, uh, how does that process even unfold? So, um, yeah, <laughs> that's the, the goal. Um, I really love screenwriting. It's something that I've been learning for many years now, and I have plans to develop the concept of the glitch into a feature script. Uh, as well as other ideas that I'd really love to see as uh, as a film. Um, so for me, the the key, and and I really love like the horror horror genre. If I ever make something, it'll, it'll be a horror film. I'd love to hear that. Uh, yeah, and the key for me is to to create a like a unique and terrifying monster, like be it a person or literally a monster and to find like new ways to, to deliver the scares, you know, because now the, the, the audience is like really smart and you can yeah. uh, longer get away with like yeah. cheap jump scares. Like oh, we talked no. before yeah. about like a smart horror or something that has a meaning behind it. And you know you you need to get to get ahead and subvert the, like the expectations of sure. what's to come, and I think the glitch would work as a as a film. Honestly, man, I I'm pumped by the uh, the sheer thought of it, and I I hope it does. And I just like seeing, and we're gonna get into this in a, a couple minutes here, but like seeing the short film versions of <laughs> the. Feature, yeah. yeah, the feature films that became. Um, it's just such a cool. I think I've, uh, like a couple of these. It's like, man, that that translated so well. And some of them, it was like, oh, the short film was a little better than the feature. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think that there's so much like power and potency to that that short film uh, game that I I didn't even realize was was like a thing or a factor in in this process. Um, and it was just so neat to, to kind of explore that, um, over the past couple of weeks. Also, I'm not just saying this to blow smoke, but I feel like your cell phone produced short film is better than any of the shorts that we watched for this, uh, episode. <laughs> I agree, man. I don't think so, but thank you. <laughs> We've talked a little bit about your production and, and film making experience but uh let's let's hit a little bit uh some of the stuff you've done from a graphic design standpoint so like you've worked with some like major brands and you've you've done some major stuff like annabelle uh uh to to rattle off like a horror a horror themed thing but like a lot of the stuff that you do is in that that genre like either noir or horror or darkness so um maybe talk a little bit about the projects you've done and like how you've come across them, like how, how you. So there are a few companies like talent house and 
the posters by there some others that basically connect independent artists and designers with big brands. So you can basically upload your portfolio on their website and they get they can look at it. And from time to time they they have open briefs that you can apply and submit your work for a particular project. And if the client likes it, they can license it. So basically you're creating artwork on spec, hoping that, that it gets picked up for by, by the client. So that's how I got most of my poster work. And since they have, or they can see your portfolio and have your contact information, they can, uh, they sometimes get in touch to, to make like a private commissions. So the cool thing about this is that you don't have to be a, like a big name or have a huge following to, to get a chance to work with these companies, with these brands. And you just have to have good I, work like you do. <laughs> yeah. So what? I was just saying like, you just have to have good work like, like you do. Yeah, you just have like uh, is that have a good the concept? chance that yeah. the work speaks for itself. Sure. And I think that's the best approach for 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 this kind of uh, industry. I, I don't know. So I've done some, like you said, the the Annabel comes home poster, and some I made a poster for. Uh, the nun, that one I made it in in 3D. At that time, I didn't uh, had had like much experience with illustration, so I figured making it in as a 3D scene. And so yeah, um, I've been sharing my my work online, and that's like looking back on my my short career. The thing that I found that it really made a difference was to to share my work online with with the world. That um, if I hadn't, I didn't, I wouldn't have the chance to 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 go to the Adobe Max conference or to to meet all the amazing artists that that I met there, and to to get to to work with in this kind of projects that are insane to me were there any artists or designers that kind of uh, inspired you to get into this or was it just something you jumped into like were there other guys work that were like oh this is possible so um as i got into it i found like me there's so many incredible artists out there oh yeah there's and just so many it's, it's honestly just it's daunting to keep it's just track like of, every day you, you find something someone that's you, you can't believe what the work they are doing. And for me, it was, um, I found, I don't know if you guys know Dan Mumford. He's uh, an illustrator uh, based in I don't, think, I don't in think we're England. aware of no. it. Uh, I'm sure if you, if you see his work, um, I'm probably sure that you have seen his work because it's like very popular. He's a, he has like a very vibrant 
color palette and very clean like brush work and he's made like work for the the star wars uh franchise and um all the the 80s classics and i think halloween and just a lot of classic films and i just fell in love with his style and the way he worked and he made like a workshop in one of the adobe live streams and i just trying to from there i tried to break down his style and try to 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 learn how to to draw basically I love that. and so that was like the 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 started of all of this and of course uh matt ryan tobin i just is one of my favorite uh poster artists i just love his his work and his style and i love the way he interprets interprets the the film and how he express it expresses it as a visual metaphor in his work in in the majority of his works is <laughs> i agree that, that's a, a big influence as well one of my favorite pieces of uh, matt ryan tobin is that Candyman poster that he did which is just like yeah with the honeycombs interweaved with Candyman himself just oh my god that's incredible it's yeah like someone that truly understands the film and has a <laughs> personal reflection on it and yeah all right well let's get into the movies but first let's plug your stuff buddy Tell yeah. us uh, where people can find you and find your artwork. So uh, you can find me on Instagram and YouTube, just on, I think, all, all these social media platforms at Mateo Baldassare. My last names can, can be a bit hard, so it's B as Beetlejuice, A-L-D as Dracula, A-S-A-R-E. <laughs> And so I'm currently working on new content for my YouTube channel. I'll make a video about how to make a low budget horror short, short film and how to write a horror script. Just the things that I've been learning over the years. And those tutorials to are so good. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's get in some, uh, let me rub my hands together. I always do this. Always. Yeah. All right, starting the fire. That's what I. You know what's funny, John? Is that's what I do at home when I'm going to start the fire. Yeah, that's because you, when I do this, my son goes, "You starting a fire, Dad?" Your hands are also much drier than mine. I can start a fire with these w fucking just hands. with your hands. With your hands, your bare hands. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about three films here that are short films that have translated into full length features. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about <coughs> the short film and the full length. So we're going to start, though, 2013 uh, with a little film called Mama. Victoria and Lily were found in deplorable conditions. Their parents gone. Alone in the wilderness for at least five years. Hey, Victoria. How they survived is unexplainable. I'm your daddy's brother. Remember, Uncle Luke? With a loving family environment, 
Victoria and Lily have a real chance at a normal life. You sure about this? Nope. Hey, girls. So this was directed by uh, Andy. Andrew. Uh, Andres. Uh, He's from Argentina. Is he really? Yeah. So he has an Italian last name, right? Uh, Muschietti? Yeah. He and his sister, which is the producer, uh, they're uh, both from Argentina and have an Italian last name. Oh, As many Argentinians. There we go. We're going to stick together on this. Um, But this is starring Jessica Chastain. God damn that Jessica Chastain. I do, I know. And she's in everything. And Jam- and she's amazing. I never know it's her. Yeah. Jamie Lannister, uh <laughs> Nicolaj uh Coster Waldo, I think his name is. Yeah. But this uh this film's about a young couple that takes in their two nieces. Uh they suspect that a supernatural spirit um named Mama has uh latched basically onto their to their family um so so nicolaj's character pretty much like uh has a twin right who who is a nefarious character who like basically in the onset of the film is like this rich prick who's pretty much gonna kill his kids awful awful yeah (laughs) and then it i always have a problem a little bit with films where twins exist. However, like this, this movie works it out. Um, and, and the brother turns out to be a good guy. Right. So, yeah. Um, so the, the original twin though, is like trying to kill his kids and he gets offed by this like spiritual entity. And it pretty much happens that like the kids that he was trying to kill, uh, start to live in this and, like indigenous environment and they're raised essentially by like this shadow shadow woman. Um, and then they're reinducted into the uncle's life who is married to this character. That is Jessica Chastain. Who's this like punk punk girl. Who's like, she's in a punk rock band, like real indie. And like yeah. their, their whole relationship is like, Hey, we don't have any money. Like we're cool. We're just going to like, we're going to roll with it sort of deal. Uh, yeah, it's like most people in their like twenties. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, she she doesn't want to have kids at all. Yes, that's not. No, part she of doesn't. Thing. But also, she is unbelievably understanding and like, uh, yeah. you know, she really takes to being like being in that role for him. You know, she's like, "Oh, you're in the hospital. Like, <laughs> I'm just gonna jump in here and yeah, be okay with it." Um, but I feel like tonally, like uh, the tone of this film, um. The closest thing I could probably equate it to, like this is obviously not the same film, but like the Changeling, I felt a little bit of semblance um, in terms of like. Yeah, explain feel. yourself. Uh, just, just feel, because like all, all three films that we're going to talk about here um, are family oriented. Yeah, and like ghosts. Ghost yeah. oriented, and there's like this specter of uh, of the unknown um, uh, throughout the film that creates a presence. And I feel I feel like the Changeling for me was like the first film that like really defined that and brought it at least to me as a an individual. Uh, so, uh, Mateo, I'm, I'm not sure if you've seen the the Changeling. Like that's that's one of the 
Um, notable and popular ones. I don't think so. Yeah, dude, no. that that's that's definitely worth uh, worth a review. Um, but Jamie, what what do you think of this movie, man? Um, of these three movies, this is my least favorite. This one was, yeah. So I had seen this before. I think we all watched this in Chicago together. And um, on the rewatch, so when it first started, I was like, oh, I think I like this movie. I thought I didn't. And then by the end, I was like, I see why I didn't. Um, it, it, I think the story just got a little convoluted for me. It, it, the CGI is just a little too much for me to... All of these movies, are they use CGI ghosts pretty heavily sure uh but this is the only one that like really bothers me and i'm, I'm really not sure why i just like i i even on this second watch like i said i went into it like yeah no i think i'm gonna like this and then by the end i i just didn't um it just didn't work for me again i can't really put my finger on on what it is that i don't like about it it's just like as i'm watching and i just like um by the end i'm over it i just don't care anymore about the mom the mama I, I I don't know. It's like it's just like all right. Let's just get this over with now. I, I don't know. How do you guys feel about it? I don't know. Like I I I think um, there were a few scenes that I was like pretty that I heavily gravitated toward. Um, the one specific scene that I think was very impactful for me was uh, like the moment where the Jessica Chastain character was kind of like. Look, I'm this punk rock chick. I'm not fucking into this thing. But however, you're in the hospital and like, I'm going to take care of stuff at home. Yeah, that's what I mean. She does. She fulfills her role. But she like, she's like coming down the hallway and she's like carrying that. It's, it's like the most like maternal feministic thing where it's like, okay, cool. You, you are now like carrying a fucking laundry basket. Yeah. (laughs) And, and they, they like make this spectacle about it, but so she's like walking down the hallway with this laundry basket, and uh, oh, I love that scene, dude! It's the best scene in the movie, I think. Yeah, Where, it's it, it, an aesthetic shot of her walking down uh, the hallway. But yeah, you yeah, carry on. No, and the the one kid is playing in the room, and the shadows like happening. Um, for me, like as I was watching this film, I was like, okay, this this scene is why this movie exists, and I feel like that yeah. was the most indicative of the short um which was also made by the the same uh person right andy yeah 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 um i feel like is that the scene there's that one exact scene not that no this 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 was like the kid was basically just like playing in the room and and she's like teetering on coming around the corner it's like okay go eight more inches and you're gonna see the fact that like yeah this kid is giggling and laughing here by herself <coughs> and interacting with a shadow, um, which was just like, it was a very impactful and relevant scene. I thought it was sure. the, uh, the best of the movie. Yeah, I think it's like uh, around 30 minutes in. And I love that in film when there's, I mean, you can stage a scene and I love when there's depth and you have like, Kind of like a Hitchcock uh, kind of scene where you have um, the the conflict or or the the monster or the problem 
right next to to the main character that is unaware, completely unaware with yeah, what's going yeah. on. It's just like right it's next to them, existing so in I, the environment. I, I yeah. love that, like like playing around with with that. Uh, she coming back and forth um, that you you expect her to 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 go into the room and just uh, and she doesn't. But I think that's um, really well executed scene. Uh, I think yep. the the best scene from that movie. Uh, I think I kind of agree with uh, Jamie that it in some way falls apart towards the end, and and at the same time it's the least favorite of the three three films for me. Uh, but that scene it's uh, it's out there for me. Another scene that I kind of gravitated toward, just generally as a parent, um, when uh, Jessica Chastain's character came in, and the, the youngest child is very like uh, carnal, and um, there's little refinement, and she's the one that's kind of like, yeah, I've been living off the living off the land, and I've been eating raw rabbits. Like <laughs> her teeth are all fucked up, yeah. because of that. Yeah, and, I I kind of I liked that they that they did some stuff like that, like that they made her teeth fucked up, you know, like because when the aunt comes in, it's like, Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Because she was a toddler when all this went down. Yeah. She was like, you know, two. So she should be a little bit fucked up. I I totally agree. And I thought it was a a realistic that they like kind of carried that into like, okay, her day to day life (laughs) includes this like, um, unrefinement. But, um, I thought it was neat. Uh, the specific scene where um, where she she has some sort of meltdown and Jessica Chastain's character like snap like grabs her and she's like holding her and she's like fighting her and she basically like pat like almost pacifies her into being like okay look it's okay to be like quote unquote like domesticated for a moment because I feel like that was like Jessica Chastain's character's uh, moment where she was like I also am. And being domesticated, like I, I play rock and roll music, and I like I party, and I don't, I don't have anything to answer to, and I like I live my life the way I want. Like I am the wild child, and then she also, like, has the the kid, where she sort of, you know, imposes yeah. that similar thing. Yeah. You know? I mean, I get it. It was like her becoming the a, a mom yeah. as well. I, I mean, I get the whole thing. It's just like I don't know. Well, those were the two impactful moments. Yeah, I just well, to fuck mention. off, John, with your impactful moments. All right, great. <laughs> just kidding around. Let's jump to our next film. What do we got next, buddy? Heading to 2016. I have no, I have no idea what's next. Is it? Uh, oh, I do. Lights know. out. Lights out. Yes. I'll see you tomorrow. You know, one of these nights, you could let me. He's sexy. I like you. A lot. Hello? All right, so this was directed by 
David Sandberg, starring... Don't forget that F. David fucking Sandberg. <laughs> David, David fucking Sandberg. I think that's his real name. I mean, that's the only thing the F can stand for. That's his name now. <laughs> um, so oddly enough, like, I, so I did not realize that this was a Swedish film. What do you mean? It was filmed in Sweden. What? Yeah. Um, and How would the, anyone the director know is from Sweden. Yeah, and so I, the whole time it was almost like um, I kind of felt like I was like, oh man, like my shirt uh, was washed with a different detergent. You know what I mean? Hmm. And I just felt like something about the delivery felt foreign, and it's because it was interesting. And like I, it, it, I never got that. I honestly, I was like, oh, this was made in Houston, right? Like, yeah. And uh, it was this like alt punk rock uh, sort of vibe to the the familial situation and uh I, I just didn't realize and it's i think it's because it was a, a swedish film yeah so i think you said was this your least favorite of the three john i think so yeah uh i mean i enjoyed all these movies yeah i did um but i think of them this was probably my least favorite however i think one of my favorite scenes from all three of these movies was Is in, in this, this one, one? yeah, yeah. See that's what that's what I'm saying. It doesn't mean it's bad. Like yeah. that doesn't mean Mama's bad to me. It just it was my least favorite of the three. Of the three, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, so this this movie though, uh, uh, directed by David Fucking Sandberg, um, <laughs> was also the short was made by David F. Sandberg. Um, and a quick synopsis for those that haven't seen it uh, is about. Um, this character, I think her name's Rebecca, and she has yeah. to unlock uh, this like very st- strange, like un- undefinable terror uh, behind her brother's like experiences that uh, kind of like tested his like her sanity and his sanity. Like every, it, it's very convoluted and um, distorted, like the entire thing. Um, but it, it kind of brings her, uh, uh, straight up with like a supernatural being and there are elements of like her, her mom being attached to the supernatural being and like, it's kind of like her dealing with self identity and family issues. And like there are layers upon layers of, uh, confusion happening here. Um, but similar themes to the first film. So like psychology, uh, siblings, trauma, um, even like alternative rock, like is a, a the Avenged Sevenfold poster. The Avenged Sevenfold yeah. poster <laughs> and the uh in, in the bedroom, um, and Jessica Chastain's character in the in in Mama also like being like this punk rock band. Yeah. Um, and and even like Child Pro- uh, Protective Services and in Lights Out, she's like. Hey, uh, are you fit to like? Are you fit to look after this kid? And she's like looking around the room. They're like that these bong just sitting there, scary posters. And then yeah. they like focus on the bong. <laughs> yeah. uh, the the mama and lights out had a, uh more similarity similarities for sure. Yeah, I thought so for sure too. Um, but I I also feel that um this movie has some. Like 
cool shots in it and some cool uh, storylines. And I think that the way that this one opened, um, the like this cold open of like this factory and this like noir with the, with the dolls with the sheets over yeah, them. Dude, I love like, that. Yeah, I, I thought the the opening to this this film was like really solid. Um, and actually, you know what it reminded me of, even though I saw them in like sort of reverse order, was um the remake of of Child's Play. Uh, the way that that starts in the in the in the factory. Yeah, like yeah. it had a very similar yeah. sort of uh, uh feel to it. I found this movie to be scarier than Mama. Like Mama didn't give me. I think that was one of my problems with Mama is it didn't like that movie didn't scare me because I like uh there were no scary. Like, there were jump scares, but they didn't scare me. Whereas, Lights Out is full of jump scares, but some of them are genuinely scary. There's a, a lot of tension as well. Yeah. I think in but, like, out. those those scenes, like the short, for instance. That short is fucking scary. The, I, I thought this was the scariest short. Yeah. 100%. And that short is fucking, like, when, when that That's, fucking thing is yeah. there at the end, like... And they do that multiple times throughout the movie, which, like, it gets less and less fucking scary, but... Uh, the you know that whole that, like the first time they, they do, do that, that scene in the beginning, scary. like yeah. when the like the administrative assistant or whatever whatever that character is in the in the like they basically recreate the scene that That's is that, that scene, like, yeah. pilot. Yeah. yeah, yep, they do that right yeah. in there. I completely agree. This was the the scariest short for me. Yeah, I, and I think I, I prefer the short film rather than that scene where it's recreated, recreated. I agree. Yeah. I think it, it, it works best, uh, that scene in the short because of, of the location. Um, so the, the actress is, is the same. She's, uh, she's the, uh, David fucking Samberg, uh, Samberg's <laughs> wife. Is it really? Wait, that was the same woman? Yes. From and the short and from the beginning. So, oh my God. um, I didn't even notice. Yes, yes. And I think it works better in the short film because, uh, we are in the house in a place that you are, uh, supposed to be safe and comfortable. And she goes through all of this hallway and where she just passed. And when she turns the lights off, you can see that silhouette of this creature or whatever. And, but in, in the movie, we are in this uh, unknown place and it doesn't feel the same. You're not the, as vulnerable as you would be alone in your own home. I think right. that for me, that's why it works better in, in the short. But, but yeah. But do you also agree in the movie too? They they use that effect like it gets to a point where it's like okay, you can't do this anymore because like you like we know it's gonna be there. <laughs> they keep doing it. It's like all right, like you can't. You have to stop. We know it's gonna be there. I don't know. I feel like they redefine that effect. Um, my favorite scene in the movie was when because you 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 keep expecting like all right, well everyone's gonna go to bed at some point and that's yeah. the moment where shit's gonna happen. But like the little brother comes to stay with the sister in the apartment and there's that scene where like she's falling asleep and there's like that red light coming through her the tattoo shop window. 
Yeah, yeah. the red light yeah. from the window. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's yeah. that that's a no, very that a cool tastefully scene, yeah. done scene. But that was but, early on. That was before it got yeah. too much. Yeah. And you hear basically, it sounds equivalent to like a cat. Like if you if you have a cat and you shut your bedroom door and the cat's trying to get out in the That's middle exactly of the night. That's exactly what it sounds like. Yep. There's this sound of like someone tearing at a carpet. like, <laughs> And um, basically it's this creature uh, tearing at the carpet and... and that that scene is like pretty tense, and I think it's the most effective use of that trope that they revisit a few times. But yeah, the thing that I that I yeah. like about this film is that they took uh, pretty much the short. The, there's no story at all, right? So they just took the concept of it of this monster that appears when you turn off the light, and it's i know it's flawed and it's not a perfect film but it's pretty amazing for me that how they transform that just three minutes short film that concept into a feature film and uh, yeah it's, i think they, they added like depth to to the monster by kind of making like a metaphor for depression like her mother is having uh, this mental illness of depression and this uh, monster that symbolizes like fear and her darkness, like it's bringing all of her ha family uh, down. And I think that's, uh, for me, it really works uh, well. And from the point of view of starting with just a concept of a, of a short. I think that's pretty well done. It is amazing. Uh, they developed this whole story. And like you said, with the, uh, the way it parallels depression and how she kind of keeps facilitating that same depression, you know, she keeps letting it happen because she keeps the house dark. And um, yes. if you wanted to fight, if we're going to parallel this to depression, if you wanted to fight that, you would, you know, do everything you could to get yourself out of that. But she keeps herself in there in in the depths. So, yeah, I get that 100%. The thing is, it's both Mama, Mama and Lights Out are the first uh, the debut of those directors. Those were the, their first film that they ever made. I mean, those are great movies for... First-time directors, really? yeah, no doubt about that. I didn't realize that. And, yeah. I didn't either. And I, <laughs> uh, David Samberg, it's, I don't know if you guys uh, know him, but no. he he started making short films on YouTube with his wife in Sweden, and. Well, now it's he's the director of the of this movie, Lights Out, uh, Annabelle Creation, and Shazam. <coughs> uh, but Shazam, he's yeah. such a such a uh, down to earth dude, and he's up to date, uh, still running his YouTube channel, making shorts and sharing his experience as a Hollywood director. That's amazing. And so you should definitely really cool. have him uh, on the podcast. That would be oh. amazing. We'll, we'll have to reach out to him. We have a, a, a very um, prominent follower of ours who lives in Sweden, uh, Michelle, who we mentioned uh, 
as we started here. He, yeah. He's actually a, a Patreon member of ours. So, um, and it's funny because like he's not into. <laughs> I think he said we were talking about like a remake of something. He was like, I wouldn't touch that with tongs. He said. <laughs> uh, so I'm not sure this this specific film would uh, fit in his repertoire or Pro- his wheelhouse. Probably not. Uh, very cool. You guys want to hit our last film? Let's do yes. it. Do you have anything else to say about uh, Lights Out before we move on? No, I think I, I hit all my stuff. All right, so we're going to 2013 to a film called Oculus. Hello again. You must be hungry. Tim is a healthy adult who represents no danger to himself or anyone else. And I believe he should be discharged. Hey, little brother. I found it. What do you mean? We only have a few days. A few days for what? To keep our promise and kill it. My name is Kaylee Ann Russell. The purpose of today's experiment is to prove that the object behind me is responsible for at least 45 deaths in the four centuries of its recorded existence. So Oculus was directed by Mike Flanagan, who's done like a shitload, shitload of horror stuff. He's the um, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he did Honey Hill House, the Bly Manor stuff. He also made Hush, Dr. Sleep. Sleep. Yeah. Yep. Like a million things. Um, yeah. So this dude's the did real deal. Did he do Absentia? Was that him? Absentia. That movie? Yes. I he, think so. Yeah. I think, I think that was his first movie. First films. Yeah. So for for context though, so this was like uh I'd say like the first twenty percent of his career was this movie, Oculus. Um and this and he, he made the short film in like two thousand five, <laughs> which is the year I graduated high school. Uh so that was a long time ago. Um and honest to God, like I texted Jamie about it. So uh of the short films, Oculus was I think the longest of them. It was like thirty minutes. Yeah. Um, but it looks like uh some dude that like worked at Circuit City or like Best Buy like made this you know twenty years ago, um, and it conveyed the tension. It like it created this uh mystique in this like all these kinds of questions. Like it served its purpose um in terms of a short film, uh, but then you know Flanagan I guess like fought with all these different uh distributors and everyone was like yo we want to do a found footage thing like that's that's all the rage and he was like i have one condition and it's that it's not a fucking found footage movie uh so he was fighting with everyone about it and he found like one company that was like hey we have one condition it can't be found footage he was like yep we're good like let's do this (laughs) uh so he he made this film and this movie was filmed in like Alabama or something huh. and it cost 5 million bucks to make, which is a lot of money. Uh, but like but it, not in retrospect, it yeah. grossed 44 million. Yeah. Like you, you look at things like water world and you're like, Oh, well that was a fucking tank. That was right. an absolute steamer. Um, in little subtle movies like Oculus, which not a lot of like people like horror fans, let alone people in general have probably seen this movie. Uh, this movie's pretty good. Um, so yeah, that's the context of it. Um, I've got a little background on the film though. Uh, starring Karen Gillan, Britton uh, Thwaites, and Katie Sackhoff. 
Um, it's about a woman who tries to exonerate her brother who was convicted of murder uh, by proving that the crime was committed by a supernatural phenomenon. It's all centered around a um, antique mirror, basically. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I mean, again, similar themes. Family, trauma, uh, uh, dealing with, with, with grief, uh, dealing with um, a, a mother who's experienced uh, multiple layers of, of like, traumatic uh, distress and is trying to still you know basically parent and the the kids have uh you know have have had to grow through a dysfunctional like sort of environment um but i 100 percent think this was the scariest full length um and my favorite of of the three this was my favorite of the three as well i and- agree I also realized that I've never seen the end of this movie, so I must have fallen asleep when we all watched it together, or I went to bed because I had to wake up at 4.45 in the morning. Oh, we were living in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> what, what? I always seem to, to forget about the, the endings of movies, so I have no problem watching them again because yeah. I don't remember the ending. Um, and yeah, this, this film, I think it's a very well-done film that mixes like flashbacks and all of this madness that the characters are experiencing and they're like going crazy and there's this mirror that's driving them drive them driving them crazy and i think it's very well executed oh my god it is so well executed mike flanagan is no joke um because when I, as, as I was watching it, I was like, I, I must not have liked this movie because I don't remember it that well. And then by the end, I was like, well, this movie is fucking good. Like, just like this movie. Yeah. It's, it's weird, too, because, like, um, I feel like with Haunting of Hill House, which is a story he didn't, you know, like, that initial novel he obviously did not write that was made a very long time ago. But, like, the way he weaves back and forth through... Um, Past and present. Past and present. And really kind of like distorts the perspective of the the viewer. Um, yeah, it's, it's right there in Oculus. Yeah, it's yeah. it's crazy. And after like, after watching Hill House and Bly Manor, uh, you can see like the way he portrays the ghosts and how he manages to 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 mix between different timelines and this madness and the perspective of characters uh it's just right here in this movie yeah you're right like it's clearly flipping back and forth between like past and present but like even in present you're like okay there's some manipulation happening here with the mirror uh so i don't know like scene by scene the characters don't know and i as the viewer don't know like what is reality that's completely being redefined in, in every Man, that moment. Apple and light bulb yeah, scene. Th- that's, that's exactly oh what God, comes to yeah. mind when I, I'm, I'm thinking of that. Yeah, by the end, you have no idea what's... And like Even like her fiancé or husband or whatever he is there. Yeah. Um, that scene where, you know, she thinks she kills him, but you don't... Like, you're right. He does... The way he manipulates time and uh, present is 
It, it's something because typically I don't like movies with a lot of flashbacks, but the way he does it is, uh, it's palatable. I don't mind it. Speaking of those scenes, I, I think it's so, so cool. The scene with the fingernail. Um, yeah. God damn it. For yeah. me, that that's the scene where like he thinks he rips the band-aid off and he grabs yeah. like the uh That guy was great. Rory Rory dude. uh whatever his name is. It's like a, a staple Cochran. puller. What how how'd you guys feel about the um the ending of this movie? It's depressing. It's, pretty, it's fucking it's heavy, yeah. obviously. Um and it well, here's the thing: is it's sad because it parallels what happened earlier in the the movie or their lives. You know, um, him getting blamed for killing the dad, and then now he's blamed for killing her. It's like and she's trying it's to sad. It's, it's, it's sad itself. because yeah. like he also from the get go was like, ah, I just I just got out. I don't right. really want I mean, to be here. The yeah. whole point of this <laughs> is really her, bullying me into doing this. The whole point is her trying to exonerate him. And then he ends up getting incriminated again. It, Look, it's like, he, oh, it's so sad for and, him. And this time it's like, well, bud, you're not getting out. No, no, you're fucked now. Yeah. And now your entire family is dead and they think it's because of you is fucking unbelievable. But aside yeah, from that, no, I thought it was, how about me? How about you, Mateo? What's, what's your thoughts on it? I, I agree. It's, it's like very, uh, sour and depressing. Uh, I'd love to see a, a sequel about how maybe how uh, the mirror got like cracked uh, at one scene. The, yeah, they the don't really acknowledge that. Yeah. Uh, Kaylee says like, "I hope that it hurts," something like that. Yeah. So yeah. that uh, I'm into that and. Overall, I think it's so well crafted from uh, the concept and how they translated all the, all of the like elements from the short film. That's very simple. It's very heavy on exposition, but I think the way that they present the the information, the mythology about the mirror and how it works and what it did. I think it's very dynamic and as a viewer you don't you don't get it as a hey here's what you have to learn about the rules of this uh, monster which is the mirror um so i think it, it really works and uh yeah i love it it's it definitely is my favorite of the three Okay, so we're all in yeah. agreement of that. Yeah. All right, Mateo, this was fucking amazing, man. So thank you so much for kind of <laughs> forcing Jamie and I into watching some uh, short films and some some uh, full-length features that we, we probably would not have uh, covered on this podcast uh, otherwise, but we're, we're so glad you did. So this was perfect topic, man. Yeah, this uh, was super fun. Thank you so much, guys. It it means a lot uh, that you have me here on the podcast. I'm really honored and uh, loved talk, talking to you guys. So thank you. We are incredibly honored that you grace us with your presence and uh, we can't see, can't wait to see what else you produce. Um, we are in awe of everything that you do and we appreciate you coming on, buddy. 
everything you touch, man, it's gold. So we appreciate you. So thank you so much. Thank you, guys. I love you guys. We love you too, buddy. All right, man. Thank you.